Welcome, wombat folk and trolls, sorcerers and orcs to Rated RPG, the fantasy role-playing podcast where we toss dice and have fun adventures with our friends. This is the Valley of Green Gold, episode 30. Previously in the Valley of Green Gold, Wendell the Wombat learned that his already short lifespan is a lot shorter still, according to the ticking of the mortality clock that he's been hearing coming from the repository. The clock was a gift to Madame Schmoopy from a former client of hers. You see, Schmoopy runs a resurrection business out of the repository and has dozens, if not hundreds, of fingers and toes in storage. She was so grateful for the chocolate that she has offered free resurrections to Wendell and his friends, but she noted that the clock has been ticking for her for almost a year, so those resurrections might have a rapidly approaching expiration date. Schmoopy gave Wendell the clock, and he went back to the party to try to convince them to cut off their toes for Schmoopy, but only Bunny opted to cut off one of his toes. Silbeth remains highly skeptical. Clubhead isn't even sure if this would work on him, so he put a breakfast sausage into an envelope. Wendell also learned that a couple of the toes in the repository belonged to Glorion Gloryseeker and Nikita Blade, the two adventurers who recently died in the mines. But at a thousand gold per resurrection, somebody's going to have to pay to make that happen. The party headed off to the docks to catch Nikita and Glorion's surviving party mate, Alphonse Derpader, with the hope that they could talk him into paying for Nikita and Glorion's resurrections. After all, he got 2,500 gold by selling his reward to Alain Kaltan, so he's flush with cash. But unfortunately, he declined and sailed off to the mainland. Goodbye, Alphonse Derpader. After chatting a bit with Tag Pub 7, the four-armed construct working down on the docks, the party headed to the repository to drop off Bunny's toe, and as they approached the front door, they happened to look over and see, up the street, a land called Tan and Celine Whiteheath surveying the vacant lot under which Clubhead's friend Mutie has her underground home. Uh, how far away is the repository? It's pretty close, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, we, we should we should talk. I, I, I need to talk to this, uh, to a land called Tan. You see him over there? By talk, do you mean attack and attempt to kill him? Because that's what we're going to end up doing. I'm coming with you. Because White Teeth does not like the cut of your jib, man. And I don't like her. I wouldn't like your jib to be cut. Yeah. I'm fully intact jibs all around. Okay, yeah. Well, if you want to come with, then maybe you should come with. Yeah, because I, I don't know if I can control myself. But yeah, yeah. Your, your toe is still going to be fine if it's not pickled for another <laughs> few minutes, right? <laughs> Uh, I, can I just run up and toss it in the, like, mail slot? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that close enough? Yeah, just whisk it in there. All right, we're good. Congratulations, <laughs> Bunny. Welcome to the cult. I'm gonna live forever! <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so Clubhead leads the way, I presume. Hey, you, Mr. Coltan! Celine Whiteheath positions herself in between Coltan and you, and she says, is there a problem? Maybe. Uh, you're, maybe you'll be telling me that. Because I got a question. Uh, what are you guys doing here at this abandoned lot? Coltan smiles. It's not abandoned anymore. I have the deed. And he holds up a scroll that looks pretty familiar. It's the one that was given to Alphonse Derpader. And now it belongs to Coltan. This is my property. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that 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 seems legal and and all above board. But uh, my question is, uh, well, what are you gonna do with it? Just leave it alone? I'm gonna clear all this garbage out of here, all this brush and bramble, and I'm gonna put up a hotel. Another hotel? 
Aren't there enough hotels in this town already? Really? You got the burned-out elf on the south end of town, Rokan. That's a flop house, not a hotel. Then you got the Dragonborn's Tavern, where, if you're lucky, he'll let you pass out and soil yourself in the corner. Batima's dirt pile is fine for hill folk and rustics, provided she's got a vacancy. And the Gilded Cane, a five-star hotel in a one-star town run by an unhinged spasm in a tuxedo. Look, I had a good thing going with me, babe, but when life deals you a sinkhole, you pivot. The common folk need a hotel in Merchant Harbor, and I'm a businessman who'll actually deliver what they want. Yeah, let's talk about Mebay for a second. You endangered a lot of people's lives by building there. You had to know there was something up with that place. I did? How do you, how do you figure I had to know there would be a massive sinkhole? Come on, you don't you don't tell me that you don't scout out the land and have all your surveyors look at at the structural integrity of where you build. Uh, you had to know that that was a possibility. Yeah, we looked at it. We decided the best thing for it would be some shacks, and then a sinkhole happened. Act of nature. You almost got people that are d- near and dear to me killed. You almost got me killed. Oh boy. <laughs> no. All right, you take a level of emotion and you need to roll. We thought Clubhead was going to be the problem. <laughs> 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 and the adventure ends today. <laughs> 14. All right. You keep it suppressed. Ain't my fault the sinkhole opened up and people nearly died. Yeah, but I don't see you doing anything about it. Do you want me to go and weep over their almost graves? Well, I want you to do something. Are you compensating them? Shall I throw myself prostrate on the ground and beg your forgiveness? (laughs) That might be a start. Uh, uh, Actually, I think that uh, your tactic of not really investigating possible underground holes uh, is actually a good idea. You should keep not doing that, especially... You know, a new hotel developments. What are you talking about, Clubhead? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are we all talking about, Alan? You're you're a bad landowner. I've heard I've been talking to people around town, and you know what? They're all sick of you just sitting up in your ivory tower, getting having people get beer bottles, and, and I'm trying to like just distract from him and tell him about Muty, because I don't want him to kill Muty. Um, yeah, if it was up to me, I'd take you Okay right down to the gilded cage and tap you in one, two, three. What do you say about that, huh? I say Bunny needs to give me an intimidation check with advantage. Oh, come on, come on, come on. 21. Wow. (laughs) Both Celine Whiteheath and Kultan, both they look at each other for a second and Kultan says, Easy, big fella. Nobody wants to get beat down. You already humiliated Don Goose, from what I heard. I'm not looking for the same. Well, good. Then how about this? Me and my pals just want a little respect around here. And also, leave the holes alone. Oh, God. <laughs> Should have just left. What holes are you talking about? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> well, you just killed your friend. What holes am I talking about? And then I, uh... Turn around, because I'm so flustered and frustrated. Yeah, the sinkholes. Leave them alone. Sinkhole? Deception check from Clubhead, please. <laughs> 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 and since I don't know what he's talking about, because he hasn't told me this much about Muty, yeah. like, I'm also getting confused and taking an, another emotional level. Oh, no. Oh. oh, no. All right, roll it, Brad. 
Oh no. Oh, get it, get it. Two! <laughs> you surge! <laughs> you surge. <laughs> Alright, let me find that table here. Well, whatever this is, hopefully it distracts them from the holes. Oh boy. <laughs> Alright, well I got teleport again, that's interesting. <laughs> you may! You may teleport up to 30 feet. Doesn't mean you have to. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go teleport, like, right behind them. Like, I'm like, on their shoulders. Oh. Like, standing on their shoulders? Well, not not on top of them, but okay, like, okay. I'm like, right up, I'm like, touching them, their shoulders, standing behind them. All right, so you see Silbeth achieve a level of upset that uh, <laughs> you've seen before. Her head tips back, her eyes go wide open, there's a flash <laughs> of light, and bam! All of a sudden, she's right behind Coltan and Celine Whiteheath, a hand on each of their shoulders. Coltan goes, what the fuck? And Celine grabs her sword and pulls it out of the scabbard and points it at Silbeth. What do you do? I say, you better do right by my in-laws or you're going to pay. <laughs> Coltan throws his hands up and says, for the love of the gods, will everyone just calm down? Silbeth, I'm sorry about what happened to Roger and Buttercup. And if you expect me to make them whole, killing me ain't going to get it done. Uh, and, and and like I'm I'm still quivering, but I'm like, okay, is, is that a promise? Fine. When I get this structure built, your in-laws, the Oakcrests, can stay here rent-free for as long as it takes them to get back on their feet again. Okay, it's a deal. Celine Whiteheath says, Mr. Coltan, should I commence the clearing of this? foundation and uh, debris in this lot? And he nods. Uh, no, I, I'm staging a, a sit-in protest. I'm gonna sit here. <laughs> Coltan says, <sighs> no clearing today. You people always causing problems. Scout said that too, but you know what? We also solve things as well. <laughs> like we're about to solve the dog problem. As you say that, two dogs come running up and one of them pees on the foundation not two feet away from you. <laughs> Like that, it won't happen soon. We just, there's an order of operations and where dogs aren't at the top of that list. Exactly. You have many more problems you need to be solving, Mr. Coltan. Yeah. You're not, you, you, it's not the time to build a hotel. Why are you worried about foundations? The foundation of your morals is shaky. <laughs> All right, I, again, I, I say, can we have an aside, please? Yes. What What are What are you doing? He's offering a solution for my in-laws. What are you doing? Yeah, my friend Muty, she lives in a hole underneath the ground in this very particular spot. And, uh, you know, uh, I need to tell her, like, you gotta get out of here. They're gonna find you and they're gonna maybe kill you and stuff. Oh, I had no idea what you were doing. Oh, you just want somebody to tell her that she should get out of here? Well, I mean, maybe, but I, I don't know if she's gonna wanna leave. I mean, she's kind of, uh, she's kind of stubborn a little bit. I mean, she lives in a freaking hole in the ground. <laughs> Isn't that where our poisonous mushrooms are too? Yeah. I'll go talk to her. Wendell dives into the ground. So do you dive in, like, uh, in the actual property itself, or do you go outside of the area and dig and tunnel under? Yeah, it's going to be outside of the area, and then he'll tunnel okay. towards gradually towards the underground chamber. As you uh, w kind of wander off 20, 30 feet away to start digging, Kultan says to Whiteheath, I'm feeling really hungry. This All this nonsense is really gotten my appetite worked up. We should go get a sandwich at Mormir's Hammer. And Celine says, Mr. Coltan, I have a feeling these 
fools are up to no good. You want me to keep an eye on them? And she looks at all of you. And he says, they're nobody. We'll deal with them if we have to. And they start walking south toward the south edge of town. <laughs> yeah, we sure scared them. <laughs> yeah, we did. High five, Clubhead. Excellent plan. Yeah, man. So you guys see Wendell disappear behind some bushes uh, behind the property, and he tunnels down. Uh, Wendell, it doesn't take you too long to break through the wall of Mutie's main living space, and you pop into the darkened chamber where she's sitting on a chair looking at a, an old book by candlelight. How does she communicate again? Usually through gestures and facial expressions. Wendell looks alarmed and points up and then makes like a big boom like motion. Here comes the boom. Okay, give me a performance check. 11. She's a little puzzled, but gets that you're pointing up like as if something is going to happen on the surface and you do seem pretty frantic. She climbs uh, up into the tunnel that she would use to exit. And after a few moments, you all see this waifish young lady emerge from underneath a large shrubbery. And she sees you, Clubhead, and she waves at you. <gasps> and she shrugs her shoulders. Clubhead, you know that this is her saying, what's going on? <laughs> oh, beauty. Oh, good. Um, yeah, th thank you, Wendell, for getting her. Um, Mutie, uh, there's a problem, okay? They're gonna be building a building right here on top of this foundation, right on top of your home. She seems perplexed and concerned. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, they might find you. We, we may have to close up this hole and, uh, you know, maybe move you somewhere. She shrugs her shoulders. Where am I going to go? Uh, well, we have a gym. Do you think maybe you could come live, uh, with us on, on the, uh... On the above ground? <laughs> she nods her head yes. Oh my gosh, I, I never thought you would agree. I thought that you lived by choice in a nasty hole in the ground. All I needed to do is uh, offer you a, a home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, you're going to come live with me and uh, and the boys and and, uh, and Silbeth. Okay, she waves at Silbeth. I wave back. Oh yeah, Silbeth, this is Mutie. Mutie, this is Silbeth. Nice to meet you, Mutie. She smiles and nods. She looks at Bunny. Oh, uh, you never met Bunny before? Well, this is uh, this is Bunny Depain. He's a wrestler, and this is Mutie. She's a, uh, you know, mute. I, I walk up and extend my hand like, "Hey, ice cold the slap monsoon. You can call me Bunny. I've heard so much about you from Clubhead and Wendell." If I realized you didn't enjoy living underground next to your poop, we could have invited you ages ago. She smiles cordially and nods her head. Um, I was going to have uh, Jed just come escort her, but uh, we could just probably point her that way. Okay. Muty conveys that she wants to go get her things out of her hole. Clubhead, do you need any help uh, transporting our mushroom colony? Well, I think the mushroom colony will be fine where it is. Maybe we just need to cover up this hole, like, you know, like collapse it a bit, collapse the tunnel. Aren't they going to dig it up? Well, like you said, they don't really do very good uh, underground surveying, which is going to actually help us out, I think, in this scenario. That's a good point. <laughs> and thanks to Wendell, you already have a back door into the place from off property. Zach, true. <laughs> Wendell will dig under and go collapse that tunnel right away. After Mutie gets her things, obviously, and you know, 
kids able to pull them out. Yes. You guys actually, you, you find like, oh, one of those young kids who runs around town looking for ways to earn a copper coin. You're like, go get the drunken pirate from the thing and have him <laughs> escort this girl and then, you know, carry the stuff. Okay, so you got that all stitched up. Perfect. All right, sorry to derail the campaign for a moment. I just needed to make sure my favorite NPC didn't die. This is the campaign. <laughs> I don't have a plan. It's just oh, everything's happening. It's just happening on its own. Do we want to go see Schmoop? Well, I, I thought she didn't want to talk to anyone, but yes, absolutely. You know what I think we should do? We should go to that tower and find that necromancer. Oh! That's definitely what I want to do, but I also at least want to leave Schmoopy a note before we go. I left her a note with my toes. <laughs> Yeah, but I have a different note. Oh, okay. I also happen to be a pretty good artist, so I take a piece of paper on one of those envelopes. First, I draw a very detailed, gory picture of a severed finger and a severed toe, and I say, My name is Silbeth Orist. I'm friends with Wendell, the wombat folk, and I have some urgent questions uh, about the adventurers uh, who left some appendages with you and need to talk as soon as possible. Give me a persuasion check with advantage. Natural 20, 24. All right, all right. Very well worded, and the uh, art definitely helps convey the message. <laughs> do you drop it in the mail slot? I do. Okay. I say you can get hold of me at the new Orlando's gym. Okay. And I drop my envelope with the sausage in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I put a little bit of my fungus on that sausage. Oh, <laughs> yeah. spores in there. Okay. And I say, I say, are you flirting with Madame Schmoopy? <laughs> you said you didn't flirt, sir, construct. Because sticking sausages in envelopes is considered flirting in some circles, I think. Especially fungus-laden sausage. Now, that's not flirting. That's too far. That's too far. All right. Everybody give me a perception check. Oh, boy. 18. Proceed. 20. Five. <laughs> Six. Jeez. Silbeth, you're focused on, you know, writing this letter and making it, put it in the mail slot and everything. Clubhead and Wendell, you both hear the sounds of multiple dogs barking, growling, and yipping, sounding as if they're injured. And it's coming from somewhere to the east, beyond the border of the town. Wow. Okay, so this is a, like, obviously this place is full of dogs, but this is a sort of, like, yeah, unusual sound for the dogs to be making, right? Yeah, it's a cacophony. All right. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh. Hey, guys, uh, I hear a whole bunch of dogs over there. They, they sound like they're in pain or something. I think we should check it out. The party rushes toward the sound of the barking, yipping dogs. It's coming from somewhere to the east of Merchant Harbor. Just outside of the town limits, there are a series of small farms that dot the landscape. A barn is standing in your way, but as you clear the corner of that barn, you see what the dogs are fighting. It is big, it is snarling, sweaty, smelly, and it is swinging a giant club. It is an ogre. Oh, uh, ogres are dangerous. How dangerous is it? Uh, if it's smashing dogs now, it could be smashing, like, people later. I think we can handle it. It's gonna be a tough fight, but I think we can do it. I'm gonna cast Mage Armor. Mage Armor, anybody else is gonna cast anything in preparation? Uh, I'm gonna use one ice cold point for defense out the gate. I'll cast Guidance on Bunny. 
only you could change into a dinosaur. Roll initiative. Bunny, because I cast Guidance on you, you can, if you want, add a d4 to your initiative. Or if you want to wait and hold on to it, you can add a d4 to any ability check that you make. So if you try to grapple, that d4 can be added. And I can pick up an ogre, right? I'm strong enough to do that. They are a large creature. So what's your strength? 12. 12? No. Yeah, he's not very strong. Yeah, I'm as like far the as rock, like your stone cold. Like, they weren't really like big slammer dudes. So you're more agile, strong. Yeah. Fortunately, there's an equation for determining carrying capacity in D&D. It is 15 times your strength score. In Bunny's case, it's 12. So that's 180 pounds you can carry around without being over encumbered, risking exhaustion. As a pro wrestler, I'd say you'd be able to lift double that. I mean, lift for just a second or two, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, body slamming people that weigh 360 pounds seems like something you'd be able to do. Ogres weigh over 600 pounds, though, so a little iffy to do that. <laughs> Maybe a future ice-cold point would grant you a big bonus to your strength temporarily, though. All right, so initiative order goes as follows. Bunny and Clubhead are tied in the lead in the first spot, so you guys will have to figure out who's going to go first. I'm going to let Ice Cold go. <laughs> and then it is Wendell and then Silbeth, and then the ogre that you can see now is just pounding on a small group of dogs that are circling it, trying to bite it, attacking it. Okay, so my thing is, since I can't pick him up, right, but I still want to, like, take him down and do moves, there's no way I can run up and hit him with, like, a drop kick without going prone, obviously, right? I think you've gotten to a point now where, yeah, you can hit him with a drop kick, and even if you drop prone, you have the skill to get up so quickly that you're not prone. Deal. So that's, like, my best damage I could do out the gate. So I'll run up to him. I hit him with a running drop kick. Oh. Yeah. You're like you're like M. Bison. Oh, I just watched a three-hour Street Fighter lore video last night. How'd you know? As you run up to him... To drop kick him, your feet slip in some cow dung. <laughs> Just enough. You hit him, glancing blow, but it doesn't do any damage. And it certainly doesn't knock the ogre prone. Son of a bitch. You've closed enough distance, though. You can see that there's three dogs that still survive that are trying to attack uh, the ogre. And as you come running in, you drop kick, you fall prone, but you pop right back up on your feet again. And then you see there's a barn next to this ogre, and behind that barn is a second ogre. Oh, boy. Ah. Oh, boy. Oh, great. I relayed that information to the boys. Like, uh, this is about to get a lot harder real fast. All right. Clubhead. Okay. Uh, real quick. Have I ever seen an ogre in civilization? No. Okay. All right. Just, just making sure that we're not being, like, super racist right now. Yeah, you've never you've never seen an ogre. Okay, your files consist of like one thing. This is what an ogre looks like. Avoid them if you can. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, sweet. I'm going to activate my symbiotic entity by using one of my wild shapes. Yeah. So that is my action. A bunch of magic surges through my body, uh, empowering my spores, and the aura of spores starts to surround me. And then I rush forward and uh, use a bonus action to cast Shillelagh. And yeah, I just get right up next to the ogre that uh, Bunny just tried to kick. Okay, so right now, Bunny, you're close to the ogre. And uh, Clubhead, you are close to that same ogre. Uh, Wendell the Wombat. Yes. It's your turn. What are the ogres attacking with? Just arms? 
One of them has what looks like a tree trunk, a great club made of a tree trunk that he probably pulled right out of the ground. The other one has a long board, looks like a big plank, maybe from a barn that he just grabbed and has, has been bashing dogs with it. Okay. You can only see the one ogre, the one with the tree trunk thing. But now that you know that there's a second ogre, you're on the lookout. Okay. The other one hasn't seen you yet, but it will be joined. I'm going to cast Hideous Laughter on the ogre. All right, so you can see this first ogre, and uh, you cast. He's got a wisdom saving throw, not his strong suit, (laughs) which he passes with a 16. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Begotten layers, man. Wendell, you do know that there is a limitation. A creature with a low enough intelligence would not be affected by this, but that's not the ogre. The ogre is just barely smart enough to be affected by this spell, Hmm. but in this case, it did not work. Next time, next time. You're still far enough away that you're not within range of being struck by the ogres. Are you going to move? Are you going to position yourself in any way? Um, Yes, I'm going to hit the dirt and head towards the ogre underground. Okay. You won't be able to get there until your next turn, but you're headed in that direction. Okay. All right. Silbeth. Check this out, everyone. I am going to cast Crown of Madness, and I'm going to twin it so that I cast it on both ogres. Whoa. (laughs) The uh, one with the tree trunk that has already been attacked fails. Nice. And the other one, which now sees you because you moved so you can see it behind the barn. It also fails. Nice. It's wisdom saving throw. (laughs) A twisted crown of jagged iron appears on each of the ogre's heads, digging into its flesh as a magical madness glows in each of the ogre's eyes. Each of these charmed targets must use their actions before moving on each of their turns to make a melee attack against a creature other than itself that you, Silbeth, get to choose. Yes, and of course, I will be choosing to have them attack each other. Nice. Yes. Nice, dude. (laughs) Now, the targets can still make wisdom saving throws at the end of each of their turns, and on a success, the spell would end. But for now, these ogres are both in the throes of madness, and they're under your control. Yes. All right. And of course, uh, the one in combat with us will get attacks of opportunity, I think, against them. Wait wait a second. Hold on. You can can choose to ignore this if you want, but Crown of Madness only affects humanoids. I'm going to choose to ignore that. All right. <laughs> okay, fine. Even though ogres are giant, they're humanoidish enough that uh, this spell will work. Plus, Crow Island is crazy, man. All the rules, they don't all apply. So That's true. No problem. Good eye, though. Or as the Australians would say, good eye. Good eye, Mike. Yeah. Oi, I'm Australian. Crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with the Crown of Madness in full force on both of these ogres, They run at each other. The ogre wielding the tree trunk as a great club, we'll call him ogre number one, rushes at his friend. He hoists the massive club over his head and brings it down on top of the other ogre's skull as if he was chopping wood. Yes. The other ogre, ogre number two, wielding a barn plank, is wobbled by this shot, but not knocked unconscious. He spits out a couple of his teeth. Good lord. Nice. He steps forward, swinging his barn plank wildly as it slams into ogre number one's head. <laughs> both ogres have a lot of fight left in them. Good lord. At the same time, both ogres kind of realize 
realize they're under the effect of something and they attempt to break free from its grasp and they cannot. Nice! Neither of them pass their wisdom saving throw. Awesome. The dogs, also still in combat with these ogres. Of the three dogs remaining, only one is able to sink his teeth into an ogre. That'd be ogre number two with the barn plank already injured, but doesn't seem to mind the small wound this dog has given him. Every bit helps. Can I use my halo of spores as a reaction at the beginning of uh, one of the ogre's turns? It would have to be the one that I was right next to. Yeah, yeah. One of the ogres, the one that you were right next to, ran over to bonk the other one with the tree trunk. So you would have have an attack of opportunity if you like it. Oh. Yeah, both of you would. Oh. Okay. Thank you. Totally going to do that. I get a 22 to hit. Perfect. That is a hit. For eight bludgeoning plus a d6 poison. So, ooh, 14 damage. Oh, that's insane. All right, I'm just going to whack him with the club, see as he was running by, try to trip him up. Hey, we'll take a seven for damage on a 21 hit. Sweet. As the ogre with the tree trunk is running over to hit his buddy, Clubhead, you nail him hard with your shillelagh. The green fibers of poison mushroom spores clinging to that wound. And Bunny, you whack him in the thigh with your club seat as he uh, runs away to hit his friend. Yeah. So now we're back up to the top of the turn order once again. So how far away? I don't want to get in between two giants fighting. So I think I'm just going to use a hit with object move. Uh, I'm assuming that's something I can pick up and chug at their heads. Sure. There's a large rock about, you know, a foot in diameter. There's some fence posts leaning up against a wall. And uh, you see a bucket, a metal bucket that's full of... Full of friends? (laughs) Spoiled milk. (laughs) A bucket of... Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick up the rock, and then I want to, like... Try to baseball swing with the club seat to whack him in the head with it. Oh, so you like <laughs> toss the rock up in the air and hit it with the club seat? Okay. Yeah. A little batting practice. Exactly. <laughs> I learned this move back from an old man called Babe Doof. <laughs> and then I hit him with the object. A 23 to hit. That's eight bludgeoning damage. This rock flies through the air and strikes the ogre with the tree trunk in the back of his head. Bonk. I couldn't add a D4 that I got from Clubhead. That's just to make an attack, right? It's not for damage? It's actually just for an ability check. So it could only work on like an athletics check or or something like that. Okay. So if I try to choke him out, then I'll use it. Okay. Okay. Clubhead, it's your turn. All right. Well, Clubhead's going to run up to the ogres. Okay. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna smack one, which everyone's kind of looking closer to falling over. Okay. He's going to smack that sucker with his shillelagh. Oh. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. A 20 to hit. You hit him. All right. For six bludgeoning and two poison damage. All right. Where do you hit him with your shillelagh? Uh, right in his kneecap. Oh, man. <laughs> he owed money to the mob. <laughs> you hear the tendons snap in his leg as he lets out a wail, and the uh, pulsation of the green poison from the spores works its way into the wound. This ogre is looking severely damaged. He may not be around much longer at all. Excellent. What is the Excellent. other one looking like? Yeah, he looks pretty wounded, but, you know, still... Definitely got some life in him. Got it. All right. Anything else for Clubhead? That'll be it for me, sir. Wendell the Wombat. Wendell creates four glowing darts of magical force. All right. And hurls them at the most injured ogre. All right. Boing, 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 10 damage. All right. How does this ogre buy it? Ooh. Ooh. Um, was this the one with the injured leg? 
Yes. The magic missiles uh, strike this ogre in his upper leg area and actually like shear his entire leg off. <laughs> Blood spurts out all over the place. And he stands there looking confused for a second as he topples over dead on the ground. Oh man, yeah, his leg just like explodes off. There's a spray of ogre blood all over everyone as his heart continues to pump <laughs> frantically as he's trying to get up. Just he sprays clubhead head to toe in this uh, brownish green blood. And then uh, his buddy also completely covered in it. The dogs, their fur is all <laughs> covered in this blood as the ogre bleeds out to death. Anything else for Wendell? Uh, no, I'll just jump back into the ground from where, from whence I came. <laughs> Aaron, I, I just want to uh, tell you that you actually should have done three more damage there because ah! each missile gets plus one damage. Yep. It is Silbeth's turn now. One ogre is dead, so your crown of madness is in question. And I don't think I can direct them to attack themselves. Kill the dogs. <laughs> well, it is it is kind of our eventual goal. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I will do that. Uh, redirect to attack dogs. So Crowd of Madness says you must use your action to maintain control over the target or the spell ends. No, attack dogs. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. They haven't attacked us. I'll, I'll, I'll keep concentrating on it. What the heck? Okay. According to the Dungeons & Dragons wiki, humanoid... Humanoids refers to creatures up to and including ogre size. Right, but the ogre actually has a creature type of giant. Well, it says ogre size. I don't know why they would say that. <laughs> yeah, I think large size humanoids usually are like about nine feet tall, typically. These ogres lied on their driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's like you're not even legally supposed to smile. On the driver's license. Yeah, the Ogre DMV is a really lax place. If you yeah. fail your driver's test, they they club you into submission. Yeah, they beat you to death with the car you drove. <laughs> All right, I'll just keep concentration on for now, directing towards dogs, and then um, I will ready my crossbow, and I guess that's it. So uh, the Ogre that is surviving yet swings his mighty club at a doggo. A mangy-looking doggo that is now covered in ogre blood. It's a miserable-looking dog. It looks like it wants to die. All right, so the ogre swings his uh, barn board at the mangy doggo and eh, just splits this dog in two pieces, and the dog is <laughs> it dies quickly, you know. And the ogre lets out a massive roar as it realizes once again he's under some sort of mind control and he tries to break free, but he can't. And we are back up to the top of the turn order, Bunny. Well, look, once I saw Wendell just run in and get to work and I couldn't let him be the only one of us that close to an ogre. So, uh, I want to, I can't like flip him or dip him. Uh, can I take them down? You could try to grapple him. So this is a kind of a longer process, but you'd first have to grapple the ogre. Can I try to choke him? Would that do anything? You could just strike him in in, in his testes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm going to uh, running drop kick him in the nuts. And this time it's going to work. And I... Uh, 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 super kick! Okay. Bam! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you nail him, man. Oof. Just straight in the sack. Oh, yeah. That was for Theodore, bitch. That's what I named the other <laughs> ogre. Man. 
With those tiny pointed feet, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, it might hurt a little tiny bit less than uh, yesterday would have. <laughs> since one of the toes is missing. <laughs> that's true. Less mass. Oh, yep. <laughs> or maybe having one less toe makes it more like a drill. Yeah. Dion, have you watched Baki? Oh, I haven't watched the latest one, but hell yes, I've watched Baki, dude. I'm watching the original. I'm just imagining what it would show on that show of just like the gory detail of you smacking into his balls and like show, showing the testes <laughs> bursting open. And didn't it be like a flashback to like my sensei like dying by that same move and I'm getting revenge? That show is it's the most totally erotic action ever. It's great. Totally. <laughs> Well, you know, ogres spend a great deal of their lives just wandering through the wilderness uh, wearing nothing but a loincloth. So the, the, these are very, uh, very well-protected testicles. Uh, the scrotum walls are very thick and calloused from brushing against all sorts of debris. Uh, and so... Ten, 10 bludgeoning would only yeah. just sort of just like knock them uh, and so you, they sort of like swing pendulously but there's a lot of impact there nonetheless. The ogre does not fall prone but it definitely knows it's been struck in the nuts. Okay, it was like trying to crack a walnut with like a Nerf uh, hammer. He has a strong yeah. muscular yeah. sheath around his balls. <laughs> yes. That's my turn. Yeah. You end your turn right right next to the ogre. Oh, wait. He's under my control, but he could slip out. Can I, like, back up a little bit, I guess? It, it's ambiguous because it doesn't specifically say that they can't attack other things. It just says they must use their action. I, I, would it? Yeah. I would say that, yeah, it could it could use an attack of opportunity to hit you if you move away. Oh, then I'm just right in his face. I ain't worried. I still got that ice cold defense up, so I'm there. I'm good. All right. Clubhead in the house. Let's get it. All right. Well, uh, he's already started working on the nuts. I think I might as well try to finish what he started. Shillelagh to the balls. <laughs> 17. That is a hit. Okay. And that'll be 11 points of damage. All right, this ogre uh, has has had better days. Just killed his best friend, and uh, now uh, another hard blow to his testicles uh, as they swing wildly, and the ogre lets out a wail of agony. So, uh, is there any poison damage with this one? Yeah, there was uh, six bludgeoning and five poison. Yes! Oh my gosh, now his, his testicles are just all covered in green toxin. <laughs> That's what he gets for coming into town. Yeah, this is our town. All right, anything else for Clubhead? Oh man, that's it. That's all I got. All right, might be all you need. Wendell the Wombat, you're up. Well, it wouldn't be a fight without me attacking someone with my butt. Oh! <laughs> 15. That is a hit. Yes. Now you, you are rushing forward. You are entering the space occupied by the ogre. Explain how you strike him. Where do you strike the ogre? I actually come up from underneath his feet, and I use my ass to destroy his ball sack. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> a butt to the nuts. <laughs> and he lets out an agonized wail. Oh, man. Uh, you how to imagine just inside of this scrotum is just nothing but a, a horror show. Oh, okay. You are kind of under his feet. Yeah, I, di I dive back into the ground as much as possible. <laughs> oh, okay. God. Okay, you retreat back into your hole. 
Only a little bit of your butt is showing above ground as you continue to hide there. The ogre, breathless, exhausted. Silveth, it's uh, your turn. Yeah, I guess I'm um, just holding steady with concentrating on the spell and <laughs> uh, keeping my crossbow ready. This last surviving ogre's trying to make sense of what's going on. A wombat just burst through the ground and struck him in the testicles with their butt. It hurt badly, and the ogre is compelled to swing his barnboard club at one of these dogs, but the dogs are quick and nimble, and it jumps out of the way. He doesn't hit the dog, and now as he stands here looking around at you guys, his best friend lying dead on the ground at his feet, he tries to shake the mind control once again. Oh, boy. He passes his wisdom saving throw, and then he takes off running. This will give... This will give everyone, I think, but Silbeth an attack of opportunity. We'll just go in. Uh, we'll go in order uh, of of everyone. So this will be a bunny attack of opportunity for you first. Straight to the balls, baby! Come on, bunny! You swing your club seat. Oh, natural one! What? And you <sighs> miss. You miss. Oh my god! I missed. Oh shit! Clubhead, you get a shot. I- I'm gonna use an ability. Okay. He's close to me, he's within 10 feet. So I'm gonna use my reaction to force some of my aura of spores up his nostrils and into his lungs. Oh dear God. So he's gotta make a constitution saving throw. Now he's pretty good at this, so. Oh, okay, he passed. He sneezes out your spores aggressively (laughs) in defiance. (laughs) And then, Wendell, you're face down in your uh, hole here, but you detect that this ogre is going to run away. Yes, my butt cheeks can sense the vibrations of him attempting to run. And it's it strikes. 21. Ooh. All right, springing butt first into the air, up into the nutsack before he's able to make his hasty retreat. And you strike him, but it's not a very strong hit. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's still alive. My ass has failed me. No! <laughs> As he's escaping from you guys with his one remaining hit point, the ogre takes off toward the forest. (laughs) Sore balls and fancy feet on that guy. (laughs) All right, I'll leave it up to you guys. I'm going to let him go because otherwise I was going to booty bomb him if Wendell was down. Man, I kind of want him to get away so that he can be a recurring enemy. I mean, this is a great, like, origin story. Let him go. He'll either spread the word to all the other creatures out there never to come back to the island, or he'll bring a bunch of them back and kill all of us. That's true. (laughs) He comes back with a PhD and he's like, um, actually, us ogres are not humanoids, so that shouldn't have worked. Like he dedicates his life in his tiny little mind to becoming wiser so he can resist magic. Do we want to let him go, or are we going to take him out? I, I, I leave it up. I'm fine either way. I think we let him go and see what happens. He lets out a yell. <laughs> Anybody speak giant? I do not. Nope. No idea what he said. Cl- Clubhead yells at him. Yeah, go. Tell your friends what happened to your balls. <laughs> Never come back here. And as you guys all catch your breath. At the end of your combat, this dead ogre, legless dead ogre laying there in front of you, the dogs start, like, biting its corpse. And as you look around, there's maybe a half dozen dead dogs lying around here as well. (laughs) Everybody give me a perception check. Nine. Twenty-one. Fourteen. Six. 
All right, Clubhead and Wendell, you guys are just surveying the scene here with these dead dogs and the dead ogre. Bunny, um, you hear something. Sounds like more dogs kind of in the distance. Not far from where you are, maybe a bit to the southeast. And Silbeth, you stand up on a large rock that's uh, nearby to get a better look. And you look over into the tall grass maybe a hundred yards away and you see some dogs bounding about as if they're attacking something that's in the grass. You see <gasps> a swarm of rot grubs headed your way. Oh, oh what? He said he had them under control. <laughs> Yikes. And that is where we will end this episode of the Valley of Green Gold. And that is episode 30 of the Valley of Green Gold. The second part of our two-part livestream adventure, Long Live King Candy, happens on Tuesday, August 29th, 2023, and we'd love it if you could join us. Part one of this adventure was a blast. It is available on our website, ratedrpgpodcast.com. It features the return of the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade, our level 12 characters from the Descent into Avernus campaign, and joined by Emery's new character, Sam I Am. It's created by our pal Nick. He is our DM. And we want you to hang out with us. Go to ratedrpgpodcast.com for all of the details. If not for the support we receive from you through Patreon and during our live streams, we'd have a tough time making Rated RPG. If you want to kick a few bucks our way, it helps a lot. Go to ratedrpgpodcast.com. We want to thank Lord Deputy Fail and Dukes Turtle and Crow for their enduring support and providing more roles on the table of potentially decent random stuff. The Merchant Harbor Gazette tier gets a special Rated RPG t-shirt and their antics find their way into the local in-game newspaper. Thank you to Weary Traveler, Super Justin 64, Spidey Mouse, and GBS Trek for your support and the opportunity to make stupid headlines up about you. Thank you to Tactical Willow, Antarctic Pip, and JC for your support. Our honorary gorgeous Phoenix Brigade members always make a huge difference for us. H.D. Burke, Random.Guy, and John W. Mangrum. You know, John has created some amazing character tokens. Pretty much every character in the Valley of Green Gold and Cult Busters are represented. We shared them in our Discord, and you can see them on the unofficial Rated RPG Facebook page as well. Finally, in sad news, our friends Igor Vakich and Jason P. New were recently hired to do some farm chores not far from town on the uh, cusp of the moist lands. But the farmer who hired them, a guy named Kyle, claims they killed some of his cattle and then quit the job without telling him they were leaving. And then Kyle handed us a bag with two skulls in it that he said probably don't belong to Igor and Jason. We're pretty sure they do, so we put them in the bucket of friends, but man, I do not trust Kyle. On behalf of everyone around Ye Old Gaming Table, thank you for enjoying the Rated RPG Podcast.